This is an AMI podcast. This is AMI Audio Live, bringing community events closer to you. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Madame Athletic Center in beautiful downtown Toronto. Getting ready for the 2022 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. Going to have a smorgasbord of personality on this program. I'm Jeff Ryman, along with Claire Buchanan. We're also going to soon be joined by Nico Cardarelli, who will be giving you the play-by-play of everything that is... uh, Going on over the course of the weekend, we have Mike Ross, who's going to be doing some PA, as per usual, and he'll also be joining us here on the uh, the broadcasting side of things, doing a little bit of color commentary. So we're just waiting for the flood to uh, finish up here in, in, in beautiful downtown Toronto, and then we'll be getting on with the first ever, yeah, first ever Girls and Women's Summit and Program uh, this is a pretty historic event, and Claire, I want to bring you in here because we got the chance to do a little bit of a scouting report yesterday and got to chat with a couple of the participants and the organizers. It was a pretty remarkable afternoon, and I sort of want to just hand things over to you and give you a uh, chance to share some of your observations that you were able to uh, take in yesterday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Yesterday was incredible. I mean, to be at a, an event like this is, like you said, historic, and at the end of the day, yesterday it was, just, it was just fun to see everyone having a good time on the ice and, and getting to know each other and, and kind of seeing where everyone was at and, and getting ready to play today. And it, it was exciting to see uh, the drill that they were doing and everyone kind of getting getting into their own rhythm for today. Yeah, the, the one observation that really stood out to me was just the... Uh the camaraderie between all of the women and all of the girls and the different age groups that we're able to see involved. I believe when we talked to Laura Mark yesterday after the scrimmage, she said there were some participants that not necessarily were on the ice yesterday, maybe a little bit shy to get out there, you know, in an event like this. But she said there are some who are six or seven years old. So just little girls getting involved in blind hockey from a a very young age, great to see. She said that they're, I think she said the youngest participant here uh, playing today was around 12 years old. Um, so really growing that sport really from the grassroots up was something phenomenal. And you're right, watching them do the drills, their skill levels all over the place from beginner to intermediate to advanced. So it was uh, quite the sight to see um, on that historic event, like I said, first ever and just uh, from my personal experience dating back to 2016 when we first started to broadcast this on ami audio uh, i believe there was only a handful of women there might have only been two women at that point and to see that grow into 30 women here today and and putting on a game uh is just remarkable so uh i know we're just about to get set here we're just waiting for the uh referees to set everything up the women are ready to go the uh referees are just hitting the ice so i know we're gonna get the uh, cue from mike ross very soon to uh, go on the pa but rossi joins us here in the broadcast booth mike i know 
you've been here for quite some time. I know we, we both did this back in 2016. And I believe, like I said, there was only about two or three women participating in that event. And now we have 30 here today. Pretty remarkable, right? I mean, women's sport in this country is has exploded, right? Mm -hmm. You think about games like soccer, think about games like hockey, and think about teams that are dominating the headlines and experiencing huge success on the international stage, it's women. The yep. men's teams are sort of following along. Look at the men's soccer team, right? All right, World Cup plans are on hold right now. Maybe get finalized on the weekend. They should take it to the World Cup. But guess what? The women have been there already. So the men are following the women. In this case, the growth is happening in leaps and bounds for blind hockey in communities across the country. It's tremendous. I think about that first year back in 2016 when I was here. I mean, it was fairly well attended, but it was still kind of an unknown. Nowadays, the profile of blind hockey in this country is through the roof, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, and you said the women's sport, para sports are growing. Claire, you know this firsthand, being on the uh, women's sledge hockey team. Maybe speak to us a little bit about the growth here, because you've been doing this for quite some time, and uh, there is a little bit of progress being made, and, and uh, it's about time, I think. It is about time, and yeah, it's it's not just in blind hockey. It's it's all across the board, and it's it's girls like starting at 12 years old, like you said, seven years old, growing the game from very young, and, and getting them started and keeping them in the game. And it's it's tournaments like this that really show that there's a there's a path and an and an opportunity for women to get in the game and stay there. Yeah, for sure, exactly. So, um, just. Do you feel, Claire, that when it comes to women's sledge hockey, it's where it needs to be, or is that still a little bit of ways? You know what? As as a player on the national team, we we fight day in and day out to, to push the game, and we are having big progress in, in moving that game forward, uh, but we do have a long way to go. And it's it's just it's like this, getting getting the word out that it exists and that uh, girls as young as as little children can can get into the game and have a path and 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 have a successful career and, and not just not just be a hockey player but have it affect uh, other parts of your life as well and just have it become a, just somewhere where you can kind of escape for a little bit. Yeah, and just bringing this all right back to blind hockey, just talking to a couple of the uh, players, both men's and women's, the organizers throughout this event. Um, again, dating back to 2016 and even before that, there were only a select few of teams throughout the country that were available for players to actually attend and play the sport of blind hockey. Now I believe we're up to about 14 teams right across the country, and it seems like every single month there's another team popping up somewhere, whether that's Newfoundland, whether that is out in Alberta, whether that's out somewhere in Ontario. It, it just seems that this sport has grown leaps and bounds in just a very short period of time. One of the big things in this country that is still lacking, though, is the support from the NHL teams in those cities. That is one of the reasons why blind hockey is working so well in the United States. And to a certain degree, from a, a sort of a national organization standpoint, is a little bit ahead of us. 
Yeah, that's a very good uh, point to touch on is we can we can work hard as as women to try to grow the sport ourselves but uh we need we need those uh counter, we need those allies uh with our with our male counterparts and and our able-bodied counterparts and uh we saw natalie spooner who has been a huge ambassador for this game uh here yesterday getting the girls ready for today and it's it's voices like that that really push it forward for us yeah and, and that's where you know in this country i want to see Teams like the Maple Leafs, the Montreal Canadiens, the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks, Winnipeg Jets, Ottawa Senators, partner up with their local teams. Have you know more demonstration events of blind hockey as part of their intermissions in their arenas, not just these sort of one-off events that they do at a practice rink or a local arena and have an ambassador or a former player show up. It really needs you really need to sort of plug into current players, guys that, that hockey fans are watching and are going to say, oh, I saw a player X, Y, or Z at that at that event. He's selling blind hockey. I've never heard of it. But now they're a little bit more intrigued by it. Their interest is peaked because they've seen Johnny Goudreau mm-hmm. at an event. They've seen Elias Pettersson at uh, an event. So I think there's a lot of room for the National Hockey League to, to jump in here and grow, uh, help grow the game as a partner of the game. And it looks like we're uh, about to get, get to the opening ceremonies. But before that, speaking of ambassadors, we were able to catch up with Natalie Spooner yesterday. Let's take a listen to uh, that conversation between her and Claire Buchanan. Uh, we're here with Natalie Spooner at the uh, Canadian Blind Hockey Tournament, and this is the first year that there's a women's summit. Uh, you're, you're learning a lot from the players. What are you taking away from uh, this weekend in general? I mean, I'm just in awe, really. Uh, you know, I was able to first see blind hockey in 2013, but just to see how far it's come and how many more women there are. I think there was two at my very first tournament. So, you know, to see a full team of women, it's pretty amazing. And um, I really think you have to see it to, to just know how skilled and how talented and how amazing of athletes they are. And moving forward, how best can we support both uh, women's hockey on the able-bodied level? How can we support each other with able-bodied hockey through disabled hockey? You know, I think we're obviously both in the same boat where we're trying to grow the sport and, you know, get the attention that we deserve. So I think it is just about, you know, people coming out and watching. And um, I always say, like, when you come out and watch, you'll be so surprised just how good it is, just how good the hockey is and how good it's gotten because it has come so far in, in the last 10 years. So, you know, come with an open mind and enjoy the game and um, then just spread the word. Spread the word about the, the sport. If, um, you know, if there's youth that want to get into it, maybe direct them with how to, how to get involved. Um, but yeah, it's just about spreading the awareness and getting the word out there. You've pushed the game from the grassroots level in able body hockey. What are some of the barriers that you see similarity to uh, disabled sports? Yeah, it is just, I think, the visibility and... Um, you know, just getting it, getting it out there, I think is so tough. And I think, you know, we do have this platform, which we're lucky to have, then we can, you know, help spread, spread the word about the sport, but um, it only goes so far and, and we do need help from, you know, partners or, um, you know, just people coming out to watch and, and to help us. So I think, you know, there, there's definitely still barriers, but we're slowly fighting through those. And I think, you know, especially for women's sports, there's been a lot of talk and uh, I think women's sports are getting more attention that they deserve, but there still could be more. So um, I think it's just keeping to push, push the sports forward and um, ask for what we deserve in. 
Well, from AMI, we want to say congratulations on your recent gold medal. Do you want to give us any kind of uh, highlights that you uh, experienced in China uh, aside from winning the gold medal? Okay. Uh, for sure, the opening ceremonies, I would say, is probably the highlight. I think, you know, walking in and feeling part of a Team Canada that's bigger than just your hockey team is a really special moment. Um, getting to see those rings and realize that it's really real. You're at the Olympics and you're representing your country is pretty amazing. Uh, and then I'd say just all the off-ice activities and things we got to do with my teammates. Obviously, it wasn't the same because we didn't have our families there and we weren't able to do so much stuff, but I think we made the best of it and, and had a lot of fun with each other. That was Natalie Spooner in conversation with Claire Buchanan. As you can probably hear in the background, Mike Ross has already started uh, the PA, so we'll just, just take a listen to this.
let the games begin indeed. We are just mere moments away from puck drop of this historic event. Women and girls from all across the country ready for puck drop on this very first game. I'm going to throw it over to Nico Cardarelli, who's going to be the uh, handling the play-by-play. -play. Of course, I already mentioned Claire Buchanan going to be in that color commentary, as well as Mike Ross is going to be with us. So, like I said, just mere moments away, I'll hand it over to play-by-play -play Nico Cardarelli. into the there hasn't been a pass yet there's the pass you hear the buzzer and it's been a save by team pink so still scoreless after just a couple of minutes of play here face off just to the left of the net of team pink 
You'll hear the referee rattle that puck as he's just signaling of the players of where that play is going to be. So ready for puck drop here. And the faceoff is won by Team Black, although there's that first pass. So Black has made the pass. Out in front, and another great save by Team Pink as that's rebounded all the way to the corner. Fight for the puck in front of the net. Gets shot back to the blue line. Team Black still in possession. And there's a goal. Number 12 on Team Black. Putting it behind Team Pink. And you hear the goal horns. one nothing for Team Black over Team Pink early on here. Players lining up at center ice. And Team Pink has possession. They gather into the black team's zone. Still no indication of a pass. There's the first pass for Team Pink. They dump it into the corner. Putting it out front and right through the blue paint. No avail, although Team Pink's still in possession here. It's a rush for the puck. Team blocks it. They're out at center ice. Big stop by Team Pink. They're at center ice right now. They're rushing their way, and they've got a bu bunch of speed. There has been one pass made, although Team Black scoops it up. They're out fighting near center ice, and Team Black dumps it in and gets off the change. They're a pretty decent pace to this game, I'd say, so far, even though we're just a couple minutes in. Yeah, these girls are really uh, skating pretty hard, and the teams are pretty balanced, and uh, that's it's pretty special for number 12 to uh, net the first ever women's ho ho blind hockey Goal. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to save that puck and, you know, cherish that just a little bit. But yesterday, even just watching some of the uh, these ladies play, I think that was uh, a big thing for them is trying to even out these teams as much as possible. And it's been a very tight battle so far. Just a couple minutes into play here, and it's still just one nothing. So a very tight game. Team Pink just crosses the blue line into Black Team's zone. Another fight for the puck, and it's still just being tossed and turned and still out near center ice, and Team Black is on it as they enter Team Pink. There's the first pass, number 12, all over it here. I don't think that was technically a shot on that, although some really good passing being displayed here by Team Black. Yeah, it's a strong uh, defensive game on both ends as well. You just saw a good block, block shot from Team Pink and strong defensive play from Black in their own end. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, just the pace of this game, too. Really, really good stuff. Love to see it. Team Black has it currently in their own zone, although they turned over. Here comes Team Pink. They're in the corner of the Black team zone. A centering pass just uh, disrupted by Team Black, and now they've got speed heading out, crossing center right into the blue, into the opposing team zone. 
a pass out front, but just not quite enough to get through. And now it's jammed out back in a beautiful pass. Although it was, it found the back of the net, although the referee is calling this one off. Yeah. And we have the face-off outside, just outside the blue line. And face-off won by Team Black. They hold possession. They dump it in. Here comes the forecheck from Team Black, fighting to get the puck in the corner in Pink's zone. Pink, although, managed to come up with it. Another battle for the puck in the corner. Team Black still has it. You hear the uh, signal as first pass was made. And Team Pink scrambling to try to get it out of their own zone, although Black with a great forecheck shot on net, but hits the side and just goes dead behind the goalie. And Team Pink still trying to grab possession. It's still behind that net. Great forecheck here from Team Black as they're showing uh, relentless forechecking skills trying to uh, uh, gather that puck. Although, here comes Pink. It looks like they've got a little bit of control and a little bit of speed breaking out of their own zone, crossing center ice, cross the blue line now. They make a pass. They're now in Team Black's zone, fighting along the wall. Back to the blue line. Shot on net from way out near the blue line, although it is... Uh, scooped up by Black and we have a whistle as it looks like the goaltender was run into there by both teams just sort of uh, a, uh, a mosh pit out in front of uh, goalie and goalie looks like it's uh, taking its time to get up a little bit slower to uh, get up after a little bit of a collision uh, but clear great end and action so far in just uh, the first uh, 10 minutes or so of play yeah, the puck handling skills from both teams are uh, incredible, and we got a full full line change from Team Pink, so we'll see if they can get a couple more shots on net and try to eat this game out. Yeah, it looks like Blacksman uh, key on the forecheck, so I wonder if uh, Pink will will try to counteract that great face-off by number 64 on Black, just bashes it right from the get-go off that face-off into the zone of Team Pink, and they're getting a couple of shots on goal, although the play is whistled dead after the goalie covered that up. So we'll get a face-off just to the left side of the goaltender there. Still in Team Pink's zone. So let's see how this face-off goes. A 64. Pretty tricky on the face-offs. You're directing everybody where to go. So 12 is now lined up in the slot. Let's see if they can get it there. Perfect play. And Team Black has it. They throw it on net. Although it's disrupted by Team Pink, and here comes Pink. Fighting along the wall, they get it out. And the puck is just rolling very slowly into Team Black's zone. Team Black now holds possession. They cross center ice, going into Team Pink's zone. They've made a pass. Although I haven't heard the buzzer... This is going to be a no goal. I thought there might have been a pass made there, and Black is trying to plead their case, saying, hey, we made a pass as soon as we crossed that zone, although the referees, they have a different opinion, and it looks like we're going to have a face-off just outside the blue line here. 
in the neutral zone. Both teams changing things up, and on comes the... ...veteran officials of the sport of blind and hockey, and of course we appreciate... It sounds like we have Nico Cartarelli back for play-by-play. Going to hand it over to Nico. Scanlon playing it ahead. Callagy working the right wing, plays it deep in along the board, and chasing after it defensively is Claire Nolan. Nolan... Challenge there by Folds. Nolan fights through that and gets it over to Mary Ellen McKechnie, who I understand has earned the nickname Melon. We'll have to get more info on that one. As Team Pink battling for it, but it's now picked up by 4A. 4A across the blue line, checking her options, tries to drop it back to the point. There's a, well, I thought it was going to be a clean pass, but no buzzer, and that gives Team Pink a chance to get it out across the defensive blue line. Scrum across center ice as Meganti and Callagy digging away for it. It's Scanlon who gets the puck across the line. And now Team Black trying to take possession out through center ice. Amanda Provin comes in with it, tries the draw pass, completes it. Nice work there by Megan Mahan as she gets it back to Provin. From the half wall, shot, banks it in, what a goal! Provin shoots and scores, and it's... 1-1 in this game with a minute remaining in the period. Black looking to double up here in the final minute of play as Ruddle tries to dig it out of the pack. Proven, who got the goal after a good quick one-two with Mahan. Proven makes the pass over to Ruddle. This line heating up. Nice return to Proven. Seconds left. She shoots. That one just goes wide. Emily McLean digs it off the back wall. Ten seconds remaining in the period. Ruddle centering. That one blocked initially. Mary Ellen McKechn there defensively. Team Pink clear it to the boards. And that'll pretty much do it for the period. What a great first period of play as Team Black leads two to nothing here against Team Pink. So we've come to the first. I think Team Black needs to focus a little bit harder in this second period. They took a couple of shots that, at the time, could have resulted in goals, but they would have been waved off if not for the save that was uh, made because they weren't getting that buzz from the refs about a clean pass being made. So important for them to really focus in here in this next period, listening for that buzzer so that they can get more shots on, get, on goal that are going to count. Because in that period, between shots that missed, that wouldn't have counted, and goals that were disallowed, they could easily be up about 4 or 5 nothing right now. Yeah, it's a great point, Rossi, and Team Black definitely had the bulk of possession and threatening opportunities there in the first period. They do lead 2 nothing after the opening period of play as you're tuned into the 2022 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. Folks, stay tuned. Second period of play coming up next.
Still intermission here at the first ever 2022 Canadian National Blind Hockey Game featuring women here, women and girls game, and still just 2 nothing for Team Black over Team Pink, and now joined by Mike Ross. Observations after the first period. All right, folks. Well, I thought that to Team Black, you know, dominated. They were spent most of the uh, period at the uh, team or in the team pink zone really dominating as far as the shots on goal and and even shots toward the net team pink the, the defense wasn't strong early on but they really did start playing better defense later on in that period collapsed around the net a little bit more giving their goaltender a little bit more help but not enough of a transition game for Team Pink. Not getting out of their zone with that puck and getting up ice enough. So uh, I want to see more offense. I want to see better breakouts by Team Pink in that second period. For Team Black, I think what, what I noticed was, you know, in blind hockey, you hear the buzzer, right? You hear that you have a clean pass and now you're, you're clear to, to shoot on net. What I saw Team Black doing in that period on many occasions is taking a shot without having that clear pass buzzer. So the goals wouldn't have counted. In fact, they had two goals disallowed because they didn't have the clean pass yet. So I want to see Team Black focusing a little bit more in this second period, listening for that, that buzzer, knowing that now we can take a good shot because this game could easily be 4 or 5 nothing for Team Black right now. Yeah, absolutely. The forecheck of Team Black, I think, was very dominant in that first period. And uh, Team Pink, although they turned it on later, in that first period, Team Black had a couple of really nifty plays, especially off the face-off. Uh, a couple of their players directing each other where to stand off the face-off. There was a uh, a really interesting face-off play where it was just outside uh, at the, uh, the the face-off dot in the in neutral zone, and they just bashed it right into the corner, and in they went on the forecheck. So some pretty clever, uh, nifty plays, and I like the hockey IQ sense from a bunch of these young ladies on the ice. So um, we're getting ready for the second period here. Um, and and I think we're still running into some technical difficulty trying to get Nico Cardarelli and that uh, Claire Buchanan on well, with our broadcast. For the second period puck drop, we're waiting on Megan McHugh, the Team Pink goaltender, to take the ice. And that gives us a chance... Again, a little bit of technical difficulties here at Madame Athletic Center. The goalies entering the crease. We got Team Pink on the left of us and Team Black on our right side. Team Pink, uh, their goalie just entering the blue crease here. So we're going to be hitting puck drop of the second period very shortly. And... Uh, these ladies just uh, having a great time right off the face-off, just joking with the referees, joking with each other. They're having a great time, and here we go for a puck drop of the second period here. Team Pink has it at center ice. They dump it in, although it's stopped by Team Black at the blue line. Skirmish at center. And it looks like Team Black's going to have possession as they cross into the blue line. Still no pass made, although scooped up by Team Pink. And now it's a battle in the neutral zone again. Turned over back to Team Pink. And Team Pink has possession crossing into the blue line. A little dump and chase here. 
keep here for Team Pink. Mellon, a.k.a. Mary Ellen McKechn, chasing after it, but it's Vivian Foray who comes up with it here for Team Black as she gets it out to center ice. And now a foot race ensues, and Team Black come up with it. Nice job by Megan Mahan, the Paralympian in goal ball, works for possession along the far boards. Good scrum and a good defensive tie-up there by Laura Mark. Actually, check that. That was Hillary Scanlon who tied up the stick of Mahan. Mahan trying to dig the puck out as... It goes right in front of the Team Black bench, and Jennifer Fancy will take possession. As 4A tries to sweep it away, but here goes Callagy into the zone. Christine, the scoring machine, drops it back for Hillary Scanlon. Shot right on. Big save, the rebound. Oh, another huge save. A third chance, and it's in the back of the net. The consistent pressure pays off as Team Pink get their first of the game. I believe it's Laura Mark who has finished off the goal. But what a play there, and a couple of huge saves by Catherine LeMay before she was finally beat. Incredible goaltending on both ends here. Three shots in a row. That, that's hard to stop. Keep the viewer shout-outs coming on the live chat thread. We'll get to a few more throughout the game, but Team Pink have battled here in the second period, and... They're rewarded for their consistent effort with a goal. Laura Mark, the women's blind hockey ambassador for Canadian Blind Hockey, gets the goal and puts Team Pink on the board as they trail 2-1 as we get an offside here called against Team Black. 9.40 remaining in the second period. So, Claire... Your thoughts so far on this historic game, what's impressed you most from what you've witnessed? Just the skill level, the, the speed of the game is incredible and the passing and just the relentless uh, shots on net are, are really put, putting the pressure on, on each team. And uh, I want to I say it's, it's great to see uh, a couple Paralympians or sorry, there's one Paralympian here for goalball, playing playing blind hockey, and it's it's I love to see athletes trying out different sports to try to grow grow each game and try to push that Paralympic movement forward. And of course, it is a goal of the International Blind Hockey Federation, and a combined effort from Canadian blind hockey, U.S. blind hockey, all the programs globally to get blind hockey into the Paralympics one day and. I think we're witnessing it here live that there's a huge appetite for the game in all divisions, including the female side of the sport. As Team Black bringing the puck into the offensive zone now, led by Cassandra Ruddle. Ruddle trying to center it out front. Griffith, who's been an anchor on defense today for Team Pink. Gianna Griffith coming up with a big stop on that centering attempt. Ruddle still working for possession, swiped away. Nice work there by Lisette Maganti to get it to the line, but it's held in here by the Paralympian. Mahan, her shot, that one off the side of the net into the far corner. Mahan tries to center it out front. Good job by Christine Callagy to get her stick on that one, but Team Pink unable to clear the zone. Ruddle makes the pass to Mahan. She shoots and scores! Team Black take a 3-1 lead. Cassandra Ruddle to Megan Mahan, and it's in the back of the net. What a release there from Mahan on that wrist shot. Yeah, we, we saw a couple battles in front of the net. But that, was, that was right from the uh, face-off circle. Almost got it top shelf there. 
Not much of a chance for Megan McHugh on that rocket off the stick of Megan Mahan. And she gives Team Black the 3-1 lead with a little more than seven minutes remaining here in the second period of play. Team Black hold the zone. Proven makes the pass. McLean shoots off the outside of the post. Team Black starting to flex a little bit here, trying to increase their lead further as Team Pink tried to dig it off the half wall. But Emily McLean comes up with a good defensive work there by Hillary Scanlon to tie up the stick. Puck back to the point. Nolan keeps it in. Proven waved on the first attempt. Nolan with the second effort as Scanlon tries to clear the zone. Nice job by Nolan to hold it in. <coughs> on the second effort, Team Pink cleared out through center ice as Hillary Scanlon takes possession at her own blue line. Scanlon dumps the puck in deep. It's quickly picked up by Team Black as they try bank it off the boards and out. But Scanlon playing a very solid game for Team Pink, able to hold the zone. 6-10 remaining in the period as a bank pass finds its way to Megan Mahan. She gets around the first defender. She's got to make a clean pass. Proven heading to the net. Mahan centers. Proven tipped it just off the mark into the corner. As Mary Ellen McKechn digs it off the half wall. Mahan rips it around the boards to the far side. Scarlett Dorn picks it up at the far side. Hashmark centers it to the near side wing. But it's Folds who gets there for Team Pink. Cleared to the line, not out. Nice job by Proven to hold the zone offensively as Mary Ellen McKechn makes the pass over to Jillian Stewart and Stewart muscles it across the blue line. Mary Ellen McKechn picks it up now for Team Pink. Under the pressure there from Megan Mahan. 4A coming off the bench. What a play. Makes the pass to Mahan. She couldn't get a clean shot away, but what an effort by Vivian 4A from her knees with that behind-the-back pass. There, that was pretty spectacular skill. Yeah, as a defensive player myself, keeping it in at that blue line is, is quite the skill. And those last couple shots that Black had, it's uh, that last one off the goalpost, I got to say. The goalpost is a uh, goalie's best friend. <laughs> and it was certainly McHugh's best friend on that attempt as it did go off the outside of the post. Speaking of goalies, there's a good blocker saved by LeMay's. She pushed it back behind the net. Team Pink digging away to try to get their second goal of the game. Nice job by Griffith to hold the line, but quickly 4A strips it away. And now here goes Team Black into the offensive zone. Callagy on the back check, intercept it. And show Corral the loose puck here for Team Pink. Pass to head four, folds. Across the blue line, she's got Callagy with her. Ops to leave it for Miganti. Passed over to Callagy. Sharp angle shot. That one goes off the shin pad of Emily McLean and over to the far boards. <coughs> Cassandra Ruddle stick handling it out of the zone up to center ice. And now she makes the pass to Proven coming off the bench. Proven tries to drop it back to Ruddle. She got her stick to it. Clean pass indicated, but just as quickly it's stripped away by Team Pink. As Miganti brings it across the line, Proven picks her pocket, but can't clear the zone. There's the clean pass, Callagy with the shot, that one just ricochets wide. As Christine, the scoring machine, Callagy with her first quality shot attempt of this game, and that one just missed the mark, as we've got Mark Ross, 
in the booth with us as well. And Mike, you want to chime in? Nico, on we're still seeing great pressure by Team Black, but we are now seeing some of that offensive push from Team Pink that we wanted to see in the second period. They're actually doing a, a better job defensively, but that transition game that we talked about them needing in the second, it's coming together for them. It's like they're getting their feet under them now. They're getting the experience, getting a little bit more comfortable. No doubt about it, and we'll see if Team Pink can continue to battle away here as they trail 3-1 to one with three minutes remaining in the second period of play. Loose puck through center ice. Corralled by Cassandra Ruddle. She makes the pass over Amanda Proven. Back to Ruddle. She works the far side right wing, takes it to the corner as she's met by the check of Mary Ellen McKechn, and then there's Laura Mark coming in for an interception as she clears the zone defensively. Team Black continuing their strong defensive play, both in the neutral zone and in their end, pushing that puck back into the pink offensive zone. As Team Black quickly bring the puck back across the line, Proven makes the drop pass for Mahan, checking her option, shoots that one, just missed. As McHugh not quite centered in the net, but there she makes a wraparound stop. Second effort, it's in as Proven gets her second of the game, and it's 4-1 to one for Team Black. Team Black with a nice wraparound Getting push there. Getting a line change from both teams here to uh, get some fresh legs on the ice. You want to see that communication, too, right? Because... Some of these passes from Team Black early on in this period haven't worked because it seems like they're just too quick on getting rid of that puck, not really being that aware of where they're putting it or, or if their player is calling for it. So let's keep an eye out for that. Well, Team Pink now trailing by three, but they've got the puck in the offensive zone, and here goes Folds from her backhand, tries to pull to her forehand, just fanned on that pass attempt as she was trying to pick out Christine Callagy at the far post. That puck off the boards past Violet Lowe, but it's tracked back and picked up by Hillary Scanlon as she starts to wheel out of her own zone. Up the near side board, Scanlon, stick handling with confidence, brings the puck into the zone, makes the pass. Callagy, she's got a clear path to the net. Oh, backhands it over top the goal. Christine, the scoring machine, wanted one there, but she just had a little too much mustard on the backhander. Maybe going with a little too Hollywood on that one. <laughs> yes, indeed. A little too much flash and dash, but she's got that speedy step. We saw it on display there moments ago. Team Black centering attempt. There's a shot coming off the stick of Scarlet Dorn, but it just misses as it gets blocked. Dorn tries to center it out front. Nothing doing as Team Pink able to clear it out across the line, and it'll be picked up at center ice by Claire Nolan. 20 seconds remaining here in the period. Team Black leading 4-1 to over Team Pink. Mahan with the puck at center ice. Makes the pass to Proven. Maybe time for one more chance. There's a good clean pass. Mahan checking her options from the half wall. Tries to center it. What a play by Mary Ellen McKechn to intercept the pass and ensure there's no shot there for Team Black. But after two periods of play, it's Team Black leading 4-1 to over Team Pink. <laughs> yesterday when they were doing their uh, practice and scrimmage a couple of them were uh, definitely trying out some some nifty skills trying smoothening out their uh, backhand saw some between the leg passes and shots happening yesterday so I think they're trying to uh, flex their skills a little bit here 
you know, regardless of what the final score ends being in this game, it's been a historic moment here for blind hockey as this is the first ever all-female Canadian National Blind Hockey game played at the National Tournament. Uh, you know, I think what we're seeing here, Claire, is just uh, the direction of the sport for the future. We've got girls out there, women out there, anywhere from their late teens to mid-50s. It's pretty impressive, the level of skill, the quality of play, but also the range of players and the different background of players that we get here. Absolutely, and that's the beauty of it is that we have so many ranges of ages and skill level here that truly shows that uh, hockey is for everybody. And at the end of the day, it's kudos to uh, the people who put this together through a pandemic, not having this tournament for a couple years and, and being able to come back and have this historic moment happen for, for women's hockey. It's just incredible. Third period of play will get going in just a moment as you are tuned into the 2022 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament streaming live on the Canadian Blind Hockey YouTube channel. The video production produced by Parasport TV, the audio production in conjunction with AMI. And Claire, obviously you do some great work with AMI. Tell us a little bit more about what you do there. Yeah, I am grateful to be a part of the AMI team. I am part of the Neutral Zone that uh, airs every Friday live. And, yeah, it's just been a great journey to be a part of AMI. I've also recently been able to be a part of the first season of Fashion Diss on AMI, and that was just so much fun. Uh, yeah, it, it was a blast getting to, getting to see everybody back in person again and, uh, being a part of the neutral zone is, is one of my one of the things I look forward to every week. Well, of course, you can tune in to the neutral zone every week on AMI. Before we get the third period underway, let's get to a few more viewers' shout-outs. At Corey, the goaltender for the Central Alberta Bullseye, tuning in. And he's enjoying the broadcast. Thanks for your message, Corey. Sharon, who is cheering on her granddaughter, Violet Lowe, who has played a great game on defense. Let's see who else. Of course, Denise McKechn, the whole McKechn gang. We miss you, AMAC. Hope you're doing well, buddy. We miss you here this weekend. But we're happy to have Mary Ellen McKechn on the ice for Team Pink, representing the McKechn clan here. And... A nice comment from the USA Blind Hockey team saying, I think Keith Hollywood Haley would appreciate that shot description from Mike Ross. As he mentioned, Christine Callagy's shot, a little too much Hollywood on it, but it's still anyone's game here as we get set for the third period of play. Man McHugh heading back into the net. And Team Pink will try battle back from a 4-1 deficit as we begin the third period of play. You see the energy already on the pink bench trying to rally their team together and get, get this thing going in the third period. And here we go, third period underway from the faceoff, and it's Team Black bringing the puck into the zone. Proven makes the pass over to Ruddle into the corner, but it's now controlled by Team Pink as wheeling out was Christine Callagy. Tried to play the puck ahead for Lisette Maganti. It was out of her reach, but now Maganti catches up to it. Backhands it ahead for Callagy. Shot right on. What a save as Catherine LeMay flashes the leather, gets the blocker there to squeeze it in and makes her best save of the game. That's exactly what uh, Team Pink needs to uh, needs to show here is that is that push to get a couple more uh, pucks in the back of the net here. 
Well, Team Pink opening up the third period with some good jump in their step. And if not for that save by LeMay, they would have clawed one back. Let's find out what they can do with this offensive zone face-off as it's Mellon, a.k.a. Mary Ellen McKechn, squaring off in the circle against, I believe that's... Actually, they're going to switch the player out. It was Proven on the draw, but now they bring Vivian Foray and her line off the bench. Foray wins the face-off to the near boards. Mahan gets it to the point. Kept in by Scanlon. She makes the pass into the slot. Stewart tries to shovel it in front. That gets blocked. Good defensive work that time by Kerry Anton as Vivian Foray carries it into the offensive zone. Vivian looking for an option. Tries to make the drop pass. It gets broken up by Jillian Stewart and outside of the zone. As Foray picks it up once again for Team Black. Scanlon there defensively for Team Pink. She gets the puck out to the far blue line. Nice job by Laura Mark to impede the initial pass. But now Team Black get it up to center ice. As Scarlet Thorn stick handles around, they gain the zone cleanly. 4A checking her passing options. Dorn tries to get a stick to it. It's cleared to the blue line. Where Carrie Anton makes the initial play. But on the second effort, Team Pink get it out to center ice. Puck quickly dumped back into the far corner as Violet Lowe tracks there and picks up the loose puck. Lowe, checking her options, makes the pass intended for Stewart. Proven picks it off to the line. Anton tries the shot. It gets blocked. And this could be an odd break here for Team Pink, but a good back check as Claire Nolan snuffed out that potential two-on-one rush. Bodies crashing through center ice, and that allows Megan Mahon to pick up the loose puck. Makes the pass to Proven. She's got two in the game. Could it be a hat trick? Shot gets blocked, and Mahon picks it up at the far post. Tries to shovel it in front. That's blocked. Backhander off the post. McHugh makes the save, and it's whistled down with the goaltender possession. It'll be incredible to see what these players take back to, to their... Uh home teams and, and cities to, to help grow this game to hopefully one day have a full tournament here with, with women's blind hockey. That would certainly be quite an accomplishment when we get to that day, not if, when we get there. And, you know, even just to have this historic game, it's one step in the right direction. Claire, you can attest to that, that you don't get to the Paralympics on day one. It's a slow process. You have to build a program just like the women's national Paris sledge hockey team has done. And this is the first step for women's blind hockey, isn't it? Absolutely. The women's national para hockey team has been around for just over a decade now. And we are just kind of seeing the fruits of our labor kind of uh, give back to us of, of having that pathway to the Paralympics. And it's going to be incredible to see what, what we can accomplish over the next few years. Tough break for Team Black. Offside called at the line. 7.45 to go here in the third period of play. As Team Pink continuing to put up a good battle, they got to try to get a little, bit of, a little bit of offense going here in the third period with time winding down. So the faceoff will come outside the Team Pink blue line. Mary Ellen McKechn on the draw is a shout out from grandma and grandpa who are 
cheering Mary Ellen and Team Pink on today as the puck cleared across center ice and Megan Mahan tries to dig it out of the pack but it's Jillian Stewart who hammers it deep inside the Team Black defensive zone. Mahan tracks over to the far corner and takes possession. She rips it around the near side boards where Amanda Provan takes it. Mary Ellen Kekin steps into her path, strips it away, and now Team Pink try to take advantage of that turnover. As Provan does well to scoop it back defensively, now she'll wheel out from the far side behind her own goal. Working that far wing, she makes the pass for Mahan. As Mahan and Provin across the blue line, there's the clean pass. Amanda Provin shoots that one off the stick of Hillary Scanlon and into the near corner. Provin really wants the hat trick as she's letting it fire from anywhere now. Yeah, she's definitely one of the standouts in this game, and she is not letting up at all. She, I think she does want that hat trick in, the, in her back pocket there. She picks up the loose puck just inside of her own blue line and now wheels out across center ice, takes it in across the offensive line, makes the drop pass for Emily McLean, who opened up the scoring in this game. McLean shoots, and that one just goes wide. Proven digging for the puck against Folds in the far corner. Proven comes away with it. 4A wants the pass. Proven supplies it, but the puck just skipped away, and now it's picked up by Callagy for Team Pink. As here goes Christine, the scoring machine, as she drops it back. Makes the pass to Migante, who tries to get it back to Callagy, but Team Black there to strip it away. And now Griffith, coming off the bench, makes a good play for Team Pink. Callagy picks up the loose puck. She's got a lane to bring it in. Christine Callagy drops it back, intended for Megante. Great job by Vivienne Foray to come up with the interception. <clears throat> Foray across the blue line, kicks it back to her own stick. She's got to make a clean pass. Nice defensive work there by Ginny Sweet to get the interception for Team Pink. And now they get the puck out to center ice with just over five minutes remaining in the third period of play. Callaghan picks up the loose puck, banks it off the boards, down the ice, where it'll be secured by Claire Nolan for Team Black. Nolan has a clear path to skate. She opts to make the pass for Mahan, who is covered tightly by Griffith. And... Now Team Pink able to hammer the puck in deep as Callagy the last to get the touch there. Nolan overskates it. Callagy comes up with it now for Team Pink. Makes the pass to Laura Mark. Back to Callagy. Shot right on the rebound. Oh, what a save! LeMay with a huge right kick save. Darting that pad out and robbing Mary Ellen McKechnie on the doorstep. There is quite a bit of hockey left and pink team pink is not letting up they they definitely want to put another another score on the board and they nearly did there with that swarming chance it was a trio of christine callagy laura mark and mary ellen mckeckin mary ellen was the player at the far post all alone and you could see her reaction she craned her neck upwards couldn't believe that lemay kicked out that right pad for so far, what goes down is the save of the tournament. So far, couldn't believe that LeMay kicked out that right pad. For so far, what goes down is the save of the tournament. So far, of course. It looks like Team Pink may end up pulling the goalie here for an extra attacker. That would be exciting to see. Tapping yeah, once it, or twice, not, not too often, though. Yeah. It would be exciting to see what uh, Pink can do with, with an extra attacker, maybe maybe split 
score into two. Well, this would be the most opportune time to try it with the timeout being called. Of course, the goaltenders having zero vision at all, they need to be guided to the bench. So you would have a skater go guide the goaltender back to the bench. But it looks like for the time being, Team Pink will keep Mahew in the crease and just five skaters out there offensively. They definitely have the advantage here with the face-off being in, in the uh, Blacks' offensive end. Some great comments coming in on the live chat thread. Dougie Kane from the Vancouver Eclipse. Blaine Deutscher. We'll get to a few more throughout the day as Team Pink working for possession from the faceoff. Callagy picks up the loose puck. Shot right on. LeMay with another good save as she shuts the five hole. And how about this debut from Catherine LeMay for Team Black? She is looking phenomenal in that net. So Team Black continue to lead this historic first ever all-female women's blind hockey game. Score 4-1 in favor of Team Black, but Team Pink working hard here as Hillary Scanlon tries to poke it away, but it's Amanda Proven that takes it into the offensive zone. Proven checking her options as she's got Mahan with her. Mahan's pass picked off by Mary Ellen McKechn. Cleared to the line, and now Laura Mark takes it for Team Pink. Makes a good pass for Callagy. She's got Mark with her. Great back check by Megan Mahan to intercept that pass. As now it's controlled. Centered in front. Callagy has it. No clean pass indicated, which is why she never took that shot. Tough break there for Team Pink. Loose puck now controlled. Just around... The defensive effort of Lowe as Proven comes up with it. 2.45 remaining in the third. Amanda Proven working there against Mary Ellen McKechn, but Mellon gets it to the corner, and now it's picked up by Hillary Scanlon. Scanlon squeezing her way past a couple of defenders. Here's a two-on-one. Scanlon makes the pass to Callagy. Christine, the scoring machine, what a save! As LeMay shuts the five-hole and denies Callagy on that chance. Both goalies are having a phenomenal game today. Some big saves happening. Catherine LeMay putting on a clinic between the post for Team Block. Team Pink have got to feel a little hard done by Claire. They've had about three high-quality scoring opportunities in this third period. Chances to tie this game, but LeMay playing huge between the posts. Absolutely. You can tell Team Pink is just... Just itching for that extra goal, and they've, they've been putting it on net. It, mm -hmm. The chances have been there, absolutely. Well, with just a minute 40 remaining in the third, Team Pink have got to continue to hammer down, and they bring the puck into the zone. Fold, she's breaking in all alone. No clean pass indicated. She drops it back. There's the clean pass as Megante tried to get it through. Now it's controlled by Folds. Nice job to step around the defender. Second opportunity is blocked, and... Team Black able to scramble defensively and put an end to that threatening-looking attack from Team Pink. As Emily McLean brings the puck into the zone, Ruddle makes the pass. Mahan shoots that one off the outside of the net as Ruddle got 
clipped at the end of it there by Megante, but both players back on their feet seemingly okay. Final minute of play here in the third period. A historic first ever all-women's blind hockey game here at the 2022 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. We've got 45 seconds remaining here in the third. Scanlon brings it across the line. It's offside. And with the clock running, we'll have to hustle to get another play in here. Yeah, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, besides the uh, the score that's on the scoreboard, these girls and women have to be really proud and excited to be a part of something so monumental, monumental today. That's a great point made by Claire Buchanan, and we're happy to have Claire and the rest of the AMI team on the broadcast here for the women's game, and we'll have them on through the Open Division as well today and Sunday. As we get an offside called at the line, the final few seconds ticking off the clock, and that'll do it for the first ever all-women's blind hockey game smiles and hugs all around the final score four to one for team black over team pink but as we've mentioned it's not about the final score it's about what we just witnessed and what we just witnessed was history or herstory herstory yes way to put it and moving forward i mean if you know anyone who is vision impaired and wants to be a part of that uh reach out to canadian blind hockey and and help move this sport forward. Well, a phenomenal job by Claire Buchanan and the AMI squad. We're going to sign off because we've got more games coming up. And i got to save my voice. Folks, keep the great comments coming in as we get you set for the Open Division next. This has been the opening game from the 2022 oh, Canadian oh, National Blind Hockey Tournament. Thank you, Nico. That was a fantastic game between Team Pink and Team Black. Team Black victorious. Four to one, although it started off a little bit lopsided. I think it evened up near the end of the game. And Rossi, um, just a, a phenomenal experience head to toe for, for these women. And you can just tell. Um, congratulations going all around. I mean, they were competitors on the ice, but you can just tell that they're all here for the love of the sport and for the growth of the sport. So just an all-around great event so far. I'll tell you what, this is, uh, this is a big step for yeah. women's blind hockey in this country. And when you think about sort of the grassroots and, and the, the early days of blind hockey uh, as a whole, for especially on the men's side, you're you're experiencing that now for the women and that was you're right the 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 compete level of that game got intense pretty quickly yeah. after that first period once they both sides have sort of had their their legs under them and maybe got some of the the nerves the jitters out of the way they jump in there they jump uh, on the ice and you, you saw a much more competitive game as it went on so you know, congratulations to all the players, the organizers, for making that happen. And onwards and upwards for this uh, for this group, not only this group of women, but maybe some women in the stands watching, maybe people listening or, or, or watching online that now say, hey, I can do that too. It started with two about a decade ago. It's now 30. Mm -hmm. And who knows what it's going to be like in for, from another decade from now. So this is just the first of many events and games like such so looking forward to seeing what this sport has to offer as it's continuously growing 
year over year. And uh, we actually got to catch up with uh, one of the organizers and one of the one of the organizers and one of the players who was in part of this uh, this game here, Laura Marcus. She got to catch up with Claire Buchanan yesterday. Let's take a listen. What does it feel like to be a part of history for Canadian women's blind hockey this weekend? It's amazing. Um, I, I never knew that it would be this big. Uh, it's incredible to see the girls who have come out, the ages, the, the, where they're from across Canada and the U.S. Um, it's such a special event to be at. I'm so happy to get to be a part of it and share it in the experience with everyone. It's been a great time so far, and we're not done the day. So, As one of the veterans on the ice, what kind of message are you trying to send to uh, the new girls that are here throughout the weekend? I think first and foremost is to have fun. Because I think if you don't have fun, then what's the point? Hockey is supposed to be fun. Um, it's something that has always made me happy. And it's been, always been a big part of my life. So I wanted to make sure that they're having fun and know that they can do it. And if they're new and they're beginners, that they can and will improve. That if they're kind of nervous and thinking they're not doing well, that it's okay. We have all been there. We've all fallen over the blue line. So just to get up and keep trying and you'll get where you want to be. How important is it to have support from the able-bodied community such as Natalie Spooner in, in events like this? So important. I think um, sometimes people with disabilities don't get the credit or the, the promotion of sport that we deserve. Just because we may have a disability doesn't mean that we can't play a sport or we can't do something that the able-bodied community can do. So having the support and showing that, that they're allies with us is huge. I think it just shows that hockey is for everyone and it doesn't matter your gender or if you're sighted or not sighted, you can play, still play hockey. Moving forward to grow the game, what are you trying to take away from this experience to help grow the game in the years to come? I think just to, I mean, there's a couple things. To, to prove that women can play hockey, to promote the women's side of the, the game, I would love to see uh, more girls and women coming out, trying it, even if they just want to do it for recreational or if they want to do it for competitive. Um, I would love to, us to see a national women's team eventually and have women's programs around the world so that we can play international. But I think ideally is that they walk away from these experiences happy and engaged and making new friends and feeling like they're part of a community that they can come back to whenever they want to. And how can women and girls get involved in uh, blind hockey? They can reach out to us at Canadian Blind Hockey. Um, We are on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So they can reach out to us, and we're happy to um, connect with them and get them involved with a program local to them and get them out to our tournament. They can also reach out to me. Uh, My email is lauramark at blindicehockey.com. That was Laura Mark in conversation with Claire Buchanan. And that's going to conclude our broadcast from downtown Toronto at the Madame Athletic Centre. I'd like to give a couple of thanks. Thanks to our technical team, Matt Agnew, back home, uh, stationing things. Uh, Sam Baba, who's on site here. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout-out to Nico Cardarelli for providing play-by-play. Mike Ross 
who's done the PA and color. Yeah, busy Ooh. guy, huh? Busy guy, Mike Ross is, and of course, Claire Buchanan. Going to be mopping up the concourse <laughs> later on when you guys clear out, so <laughs> make it quick. And of course, to Claire Buchanan uh, for providing some great color and anal- analysis as well. And uh, for myself, I'm Jeff Ryman. We're back Sunday for the bronze and gold medal games of the Open Division, but until then, have a beautiful rest of your weekend. See ya.